Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Good morning, everybody. This is Tim Montgomery. I'm your host for New Cyber Frontier. And today's, uh, we have a guest um, from, is it Area? Is that what the, the pronunciation of the company you got there? Name is Airi. Airi. And, and uh, your, your name, sir, is? <laughs> I know this one is difficult. <laughs> Amikai Shulman. Amikai Shulman. I, I do apologize for that. Eventually, by the end of the session, I've got your name down, Amikai. And <laughs> if I keep repeating it, I know um, I'm just we'll bad do with it names. It's nothing we'll personal, I promise. So <laughs> <laughs> just uh, you get a roll of the tongue and eventually it, gets, it settles in by the end of the day. And you're like, I, and it won't ever go away for the next three days. But anyway, so <laughs> so it's glad to meet I'm glad to meet you. Um, um, could you uh, give me a little bit of your background, sir? And what exactly uh, is today's topic? I know we talked a little bit about uh, the concept behind wireless connectivity and uh, how cybersecurity, um, what may be the premise behind it and maybe how individuals may see it in the industry is not quite what we think it is, right? So can you give me a little bit of your background? Uh, is why we're actually speaking something like this in the subject. So, sure, sure thing. Uh, so, my name is Amika Shulman. I've been in cybersecurity since '92, I think. Uh, so, the gray hair shows that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm working on it myself here. So, <laughs> uh, um, I've been doing cybersecurity for the military and then a service company. I founded Imperva in 2002, uh, and for the past 10 years, uh, I uh, invested and, and helped uh, found a few cybersecurity companies uh, such as Lacoon, Indigy, and, and others. I'm currently co-founder and CTO of AirEye. Um, and it brings us to the topic that I'd like to talk about today, which is uh, network airspace control and protection. Um, and, and everyone thinks of wireless security. People, you know, let's talk about wireless security. No, it's about taking control over the network airspace. Uh, when we talk about wireless security, everyone thinks of how can someone break into my corporate wireless network or what happens when I as an individual go to the airport and, and may connect to the wrong uh, wireless network or, or access point. Uh, we think that today uh, this is a much bigger issue that touches upon enterprises, not necessarily individuals. Uh, and, and this is uh, a real upcoming threat that needs to be addressed. And, and it is currently not addressed by any of the existing security solutions. Uh, I'd be happy to, to tell further if, if you'd like. Yeah, I, and I think where you're going with is the business part of this. And when you do a lot of business travel, you're in the airport or you're at a hotel or wherever you're connecting your devices up at, 
Um, I could see where the, the, the connection to a wireless device in order to gain access to the internet or something that prevailed is where they're embedded um, throughout the, you know, as you travel along and inside these buildings and different premises and you do your day-to-day activities trying to maintain while you're on travel, business travel, um, how the impact to business can, uh, you know, be massive if, uh, if they're not really, if these things aren't being entertained in the scope of this is getting bigger and now more out of hand than what's currently being assessed. Uh, so do you believe that, I mean, do you think as far as, uh, as far as what the public sees, do you think it's, it's, it's even bigger than what you think, uh, as far as what the public average wise, I know when commercials come on, news comes on, you get the specialist that comes on, talks uh, a little bit about, you know, specific types of things. And I refer to the man in the middle attack concept uh, when it comes to, you know, just, just an average attack that someone could use something like this to do. Um, you think there's way more to it than that. There's other. Yeah, I, I do. Okay. I do. So, I do. So, I mean, uh, as we, as we get into these devices, is it more embedded or is it more, where, where is the, where's the premise behind the, the, um, all the, the premise is, yeah. So where the, the premise is, is enterprise network. Um, and, and, and the thing is not about travel because when you travel and you go into these random places, it's, you become a random victim. Okay. Yeah. Which, which, you know, could be an issue, but it's a random thing. Now look at enterprises today. Take a headquarters of a large firm. Take, uh, the headquarters or of a financial firm. Take a hospital, take uh, an industrial site. You have so many devices of that corporate in a single place, okay? Connected to whatever corporate assets they have through secured connection. Now, many of these devices have wireless capabilities, okay? And what enterprises today do, they control wireless connectivity within the corporate network. They do not have any clue with respect to what is the wireless case connectivity of these devices outside of the secure corporate network. That's true. That's one thing. Now, everywhere that you have corporate assets, look around you, there are so many other wireless devices that you do not control. They belong to the other corporate, they belong to the grocery store, they belong to the coffee shop downstairs. They are far less secure than your own network. Now, imagine a remote attacker taking over one of these devices. It could be a security camera across the street. It could be uh, a cash register in the coffee shop downstairs. Yeah. And from that point, the attacker can launch an attack through the network airspace against your corporate devices. And currently, you do not even see what is going there because you are only looking at your own secure wireless network. But the reality is that, for example, if you have a device that publishes a wireless network, like a printer, and at the same time connected to your secure corporate network, 
an attacker can go through that device inside your secure network. Or the other way around, an attacker can hijack a device from your secure network into their own network, exploit the device, and then send it back into your secure network. Yeah, wireless. So, effect- so effectively, you have a way for an attacker through the air into your right. secure network. Not, not just your secure wireless network, but your right. secure network. Now, nobody is monitoring that space currently. Okay. So, and what your job or your company is proposing is, uh, what do they call it? The, the Air I Dome that enforces, the, yeah. you got some protection, uh, such a tool that, that uh, helps to protect that uh, through policy and through detections, right? So can you, it helps you take control of the space. Does it? Can you yeah. explain a little bit about how that might work? Yes. What, what we do, um, and again, we do it one way, and, and you know, I urge people to do it whatever way they have. Uh, what we do is we not, we're not just monitoring the corporate network or the corporate wireless network. We're monitoring every transmission in the wireless space. And we are looking for interaction between corporate devices and non-corporate devices in either direction. And then when we detect this type of interaction, we start enforcing policies. Uh, so we look whether this is an attack or not. We look whether this is something that is allowed by an organization or not. Uh, even if you have a number of wireless networks within your organization, we can detect interaction between devices on different uh, wireless networks and enforce a policy. So for example, we can make sure that a device connected to the corporate network, and again, it doesn't matter whether it's a wired corporate network or a wireless corporate network, does not start sending data outside through a free wireless network that is nearby. So it actually can't prevent um, something connecting to it arbitrarily without notice. And just exactly. Come, yeah. So and, I can see and, and, and the other way around. The uh, other way around. And come uh, in and try to connect. I see. Exactly. Well, that's uh, awesome. So it, we're going to have to take a brief pause here for a break. So when we come back, we'll get more into the discussion of, uh, you know, what's, what this particular uh, tool set you've got that uh, actually could break this down a little more for us. Won't mind. So uh, sure. let's take a break and uh, we'll, um, we'll come right back after our uh, commercial sponsors. Blockframe technology offers next generation blockchain managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. 
Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. I'm Tim, I'm Tim Montgomery, your host, and I'm here talking today with, <laughs> say it again, Amishka? Amakai. Amakai. My good Lord. <laughs> you would think I would have got it down by now. Amakai. 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 You know, you're going to be my best friend after this is over. So, um, <laughs> So Amakai was speaking more about, um, he's the co-founder for um, several different companies there and uh, AirEye, uh, which uh, presents itself in the um, protection for a network and enterprise space for the airspace of uh, wireless components there. And he was breaking down a tool set that his company has come up with uh, to in respect to protection of devices and how those devices are interacting with your network and how problems can be solved by monitoring that particular type of space. So, uh, okay, you uh, were breaking it down a little more for us on the aspects of um, how it interacts technically. So, does it do reporting? What else does this the concept do that your uh, tool set set out to, to kind of set up to so do? We, we, at the end of the day, we can do reporting, but yeah. more importantly, we take action. Uh, so, th- the first thing we do is is we, as I said, scan the entire uh, spectrum of wireless communication around you, uh, mainly uh, all Wi-Fi channels. And then the first challenge is to classify which of the devices that we're seeing in the air are corporate devices and which of the devices are not corporate devices. And then we start mapping the interaction and, and we allow you to set policy. And what happens is that we can see, for example, if a device outside of your corporate, a non-corporate device starts uh, publishing a network that has the same name of your corporate network. Usually it would be with the intent of hijacking a device. Uh, There are other techniques, for example, we are able to uh, get from the transmissions that we see, which networks your corporate devices would allow automated connection to. As you know, you may not only connect to the corporate network automatically, but there are, might be other networks that your machine knows and can connect automatically to. We map these, and if for instance we see someone starting to publish this type of network, we get an alert. And not just that, when we see a corporate device trying to contact that new network, we're able to break that communication. Or, yes. Now, does this this fluently work with other tools as well, Um, like your network access control tool that you might have from a third-party company? vendor that comes in and sets that piece up. Um, does it interact with other components as, such as those things? If, uh, if you're an enterprise and now you've already got something in place, how did the, the, this aspect of this thing, uh, this particular tool set, I'm sure interacts pretty well with different concepts of pieces that are already being used to monitor networks. So. so the sad reality is that none of the existing solutions even looks at this space. Uh, what we do, uh, and, and this is part of the actions that we can take, for example, 
if we do see a corporate device that gets hijacked into an outside network, probably exploited, and then returns to the corporate network, we're able to interact with an act, for example, and make sure that it's quarantined. Uh, awesome. Yeah, we are able to detect direct attacks against corporate devices through the air. Uh, people don't realize that, but uh, there are certain vulnerabilities and exploits yeah. that could be used directly through Wi-Fi without connecting to a network yeah. against devices. So this uh, there's a beautiful vulnerability. Again? Is this able to prevent attack as well? If it sees something coming, does it pick up? Yes, yes, yes. Be we, can definitely, we can definitely break the communications before the target device is exploited and, and uh, taken over. Uh, this is one of the things that, that we're able to do. And, and again, uh, we're able to do that because we're not looking inside your wireless network. We're looking outside. We're looking at everything that goes around, uh, including the transmissions that your corporate devices are doing outside of that corporate network. Uh, and, and what we are seeing is we're seeing more and more vulnerabilities uh, that can exploit Wi-Fi communication uh, being published. We are seeing more and more attack tools that are able to exploit these vulnerabilities. We are starting to see uh, off-the-shelf malware that embeds uh, wireless attack functionality. Okay, and and when I'm looking at this, I'm saying, hey, this is going to affect every enterprise in the next few years. Uh, yeah. Just last week, AT and T Lab. Uh, published an analysis of a new botnet they called uh, Boten Go or Botena Go. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a new malware. It's written in Go language. But for me, what's special about it is the type of devices that are being used to create this botnet. And these are all devices that have wireless connectivity capability. So imagine that an attacker now owns a botnet of, of thousands or hundreds of thousands of such devices and can now start launching attacks at the scale against every Wi-Fi network around. Yeah, in today's modern society, the amount of uh, networked wireless components out there, yeah, I can it's see the, that threat vector, that platform, just, yeah, annihilation, just from that use of it. So, I mean... And Ooh. <laughs> just to think about and, that. And, you know, people, people used to think of it as, as a parking lot attack. You know, yeah. they think you need to go with a suitcase or come with a van full of antennas yeah. and, 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 you know, park alongside the target organization. Yeah. Now, this is not the reality anymore. Right. Because I all you need to do, you need to break into a security camera across the street and, and then you have all the equipment you need in order to attack. Yeah, and you can use, yeah, you can connect to others and then you end up with a massive exactly. set of devices at your disposal to do whatever attack, yeah. whatever your planned <laughs> attack out is if you don't watch it. So, yeah, I can see exactly. how this, this is certainly would be um, 
an ample amount of, of factors that would not only secure the current enterprise, say, in a building or something, but also support the outlying buildings, uh, like you said, in the coffee shop as well. I mean, can I... BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. It almost seems like it lays a footprint that allows for the extra protection of the coffee shop, too, at some, <laughs> at some parts. Right? I, well, I, I guess that at some point, uh, those organizations that are offering free Wi-Fi or, or public yeah. Wi-Fi will have to use similar technology, again, to protect whoever is using their network. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I, I can certainly see this open. It's happening, yeah. Well, it's it's that's that's pretty innovative. Uh, talk a little bit about data leaks. Uh, it looks like the the uh, there's elements that are in here that talks a lot of your data leaks on the platform and the concerns that uh, that are out there today. Um, how does something like this uh, address data leaks per se? I know we're talking about just the technology itself. Okay, that's the concept of the wireless and you know networking and networking devices concepts, but leakage of uh i mean does can it trace uh elements of where it's been and i mean if someone broke in could it do elements like that where it helps control accesses and things of that nature if it was so what we are we are not doing ir per se yeah uh, again what we are trying to do is, is to prevent the incident uh we we all think of data leak as something that happens from an infected machine yeah through our network to the internet and and therefore we have a lot of dlp solutions in our network but here is what a malware called mirage is doing when it takes over a device and has data that needs to be exfiltrated it finds a connection to a free wi-fi outside of the corporate network, connects to that free Wi-Fi and sends the data. There's nothing that monitors that today. today. We are monitoring these channels. We are monitoring these interactions and we are preventing them. Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome tool I have, um, certainly. Um, well. So, uh, and, and again, one of our biggest challenges today uh, is really getting people to understand that when we're talking about network airspace control and protection, it's not about their secured wireless network, yeah. which is secure probably, yeah. but about all the interactions that their devices are capable of with outside devices that they have no control over. Uh, yeah, people always... And, and that's, that's the challenge that, that we have 
And I think that, that we're gradually seeing more and more people understand the real issue, the real problem. It's almost like having that uh, DMZ type of for wireless, like a bubble fit around the enterprise. You got to. It's more of a bubble. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that, that's a good. There's analogy. a layer, and, so. and this is why we call it Air Eye Dome. Okay. Yeah, I can see that concept where you, you're having emphasis if there's a layer of, of more of a more of where you get into private versus public type domain when it comes to wireless access per se, um, where you get outside the campus, that's more of a corporate level. And you got that layer in between that you're trying to monitor. So you can, that way you don't allow access in or you don't give access to uh, certain things. So, um, so, I mean, I guess this kind of, this kind of actually fits into um protection of different other devices as well. I mean, we're talking about Internet of Things, a big concept these days about how the Internet of Things has now become a lot more, um, um, I guess, security uh, savvy. They're getting to the point where protection of things, devices. And um, do you have anything, uh, the, the protection of such things? I know that we can get into uh, accesses outside of like remote key accesses, things of that nature. So again, what we're trying to do is, is we protect the wireless interface. Uh, okay. and, and as we know, most of these devices have wireless interface. Uh, what we are protecting is not only the devices per se, because if you break into a sensor, uh, and again, some sensors are critical, but uh, usually when you break into a temperature sensor in a corporate environment, yeah. uh, that's not a critical issue. The thing is, that this corporate, this, this temperature sensor is connected to the secured right. wireless net. Internal network. So, so breaking into that device uh-huh. is just a launch pad into the organization. And, and this is what we're avoiding. Uh, because, you know, everybody talks about IoT security and connected thing yep. security, but that's a lot of talk. Uh, at the end of the day, we all go, go out and, and buy the cheapest one that has no security, uh, which, is, which is fine, which is fine. Yeah. As long as you are aware of that and as long as you have uh, a layer of protection around it to make sure that that device does not interact with external devices and does not get hijacked and becomes a launch pad into your network. Yeah. And, and this is certainly one of the things that, that increases the attack surface of organizations today in the network airspace. Because we're seeing more and more and more devices of different types. I think there was a recent survey that, that showed that 78% of CISOs acknowledge that they have devices that they're not supposed to have on their networks, like connected toasters, connected yeah, coffee machines and whatnot. And, and they acknowledged it. it they they yeah, we accepted the, it as a fact. The health, uh, the, the health fitness watches was, uh, yeah, was a big I, factor. So, and they I, were tracking. Because, because that's reality. That's, yeah, you know, the other devices and you, you cannot can. fight reality. You cannot fight reality. Just need yeah. to adapt to it. So I've, I've worked on several contracts for the government now. Um, got to bring a lengthy background myself in cybersecurity. And uh, one of the biggest policies that we had to review often was the Bluetooth devices for, um, for medical. 
and how those devices would constantly try to connect to wireless accesses uh, throughout the building. Uh, it came down to the venture. There was only one or two wireless accesses anyway, and then they, they publicized them in the public. So, um, I mean, and, and of course this building was out in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, the only place you, you'd have to be within proximity and in order to do that, you have to actually cross a couple of fences before you get that far. Um, but in this case, it was it was still worrisome, and it was still reviewed once a year because they uh, did not want access wireless access. Period, uh, really in the in in the sense of things, they mm-hmm. did give that access to kiosks and things like that, which was I don't know surprising to me because then that gave access to anybody. A kiosk is, just gives you. I realize that it probably cuts a lot of the devices or the abilities to access certain things out of it. But however, it's still an open device sitting in the lobby i mean it just seemed odd exactly. to me how some of those things are and, and and the only difference between bluetooth and wi-fi is the range yeah so so bluetooth you really need to be very close to the device uh which again goes back to your parking lot attack yeah wi-fi uh you can be you know tens of feet uh, you can be across the street, you can be two floors above. Uh, you don't need to be really close by. Yeah, there was a concept there where they wanted to use the Fitbits, uh, the watches. And um, I know Garmin had one that you could turn the Bluetooth off when you needed to. But you had to show that you could do that um, before they eventually allowed it. And it's, it's, it's by the command. So every time the command would come in, a new command, they re-review this over and over, this concept of these things being able to get in. And I, I think it's, you know, the odds are very slim, but it was possible for you to track an individual uh, through the GPS mechanism of the, of the, of the Fitbit itself. Uh, they arrived at this concept that you could actually do that. And it was connected to the network. And so, like you said, you had to be on the inside and, and these individuals were able to reverse that because once the the um once the the little bluetooth kicked in um it was attached to the phone or if they had a phone close every time they would connect to the phone it would record everything and then log everything to the phone and then from that perspective they would know where this individual was in the building and what they did every you know they would drive at the concept of trying to drive where they were at and what they were doing and where perspective let's say you sit versus is that a hot spot in the building is that a is a, a, a different type of capability where that individual? So as you profile these individuals, you would know approximately where their table, where they were sitting down and what they were interacting with, and that that possibly could be, you know, a place to plan an attack on. So it was interesting to see how the policy would change depending on the um, the uh, intent of or the uh, just the way they believe that the policy was written out, what it says in it. Um, and a lot of emphasis was on the on um, like uh, devices that they use medically for, um, you know, hearing and things like that. Cause a lot of individuals in the building had devices that, that they needed to use for hearing. Well, so. It's, it's, so as you can see, when you talk about these type of devices, yeah. the only policy you can have is allow that. Okay. So you, you need to make sure that you have a way to work around the threat. Uh, now I, I, I don't know the, the specific concerns there, but, but once you try to fight it using policy and not technology, 
Yeah. Uh, you are going to lose. Yeah, usually it's... <laughs> yeah, and the command's always always one doing the, you know, they're the ones enforcers. So, and um, it, you, usually we get special exemptions in particular type of cases. Um, so, I'll say, I'll take it to my domain, for example, one of the things that, that you know, presents a threat to the uh, network is where you have uh, devices with Wi-Fi direct that are also connected to the secure network. Uh, and, and we go into an organization and say, we have a policy against devices with Wi-Fi direct. And I said, okay, how do you know that the policy is enforced? And it, they said, because we tell people, and then we come and install our system. And, and, and of course, they, you know, they do not have tons of them, right. but they do have some of them. Yeah, no, it, it always pops up. Because in if you don't have... It's good. One thing to have a policy. It's another thing to be able to enforce it. Yeah. Or track uh, who's doing what. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, so in this case, that, that really does give emphasis as being able to track devices that it, it can monitor as far as what's on the, what's in the premise, it's in the premise, not only on the network, but what's on the outside coming at you versus what, uh, what could be on campus across the board connected across okay. devices and things like that. So yeah, that you know, it seems like those areas where those mechanisms weren't always usable as a platform for attack, you seem to become more lively now, more active as, as far as exactly. being able to use that to trend attack. So, um, is there anything you would like to uh, to kind of discuss tidbits, things to talk about when we talk about cybersecurity policy? You want to tell your audience? I you know I I've started in the military. So we, we like to talk a lot about policy yeah. and command. <laughs> that's, that's uh, one thing that's I've learned, one thing I've learned very early in my career is that, that you always need technology uh, to work for you. Uh, you can never rely on, on just the written policy. You need a technology that enforces or tracks uh, the usage according to the policy. Uh, it's a it's good thing to train your users or, or command them, but you need to provide the technology to help them do what you want or, or to enforce the policy that you want. Otherwise, it's security by pure belief. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think you're right. I think more and more engagement in the end user's perspective would you know, support a lot of ways security posture works in an environment like an enterprise or corporation or organization. I've always thought that uh, the biggest, you know, the biggest inject of information or attacks usually come from the insider's perspective. It's a, it's a lot of what uh, DOD says uh, is usually happening to us. Um, but the, um, the whole inject there is that you teach your people what you want them to know. You make it easily applicable. Uh, so they can catch it, uh, report it. Um, we've reward those for who are trying to do their best to stay away from those phishing emails and send those on and, and those wireless devices that are coming in, trying to play rogue, uh, you know, initiative to, to attack something and being able to recognize those things by teaching them, uh, as they can monitor stuff too. So, I mean, I think it's, it's a, a, a whole bunch of stuff on top of policy and the way they, create a culture inside of an organization. So. Yeah, but, and, and at the end of the day, it's not enough, even with culture. You need technology. Yeah, you, yeah, you need yeah. technology. You need several layers, that defense in yeah. depth model. 
Yeah. So, well, it was great talking to you. Um, <laughs> and a pleasure, Tim. Yes. So now to the test that we promised. Oh my God. <laughs> Did I get it? <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> uh, see. I told you by the end of the little thing, I was get your name down. So I do apologize. I, um, yeah, the way these things are set up sometimes, uh, and I, it, the, the timing kind of messed me around a little bit. I was trying to struggle to get the technology into place so we could get on the internet, uh, just get into the meeting here. So, um, so anyway, so <laughs> anyway, it was great talking to you. Maybe we could do this again sometime. And I, you know, I enjoy sure thing, talking, uh, cybersecurity all the time. Um, I'm your host, Tim Montgomery, and this is New Cyber Frontier. And uh, everyone have a good day. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at newcyberfrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.